The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You know that sound. You already know who it is. It's the Radio Sports Talk America show. Uh, he's running a little late, so he wants me to start off the show with Chef Julian on the line. And um, right now, what I want to start off talking about is this past week of football in the NFL. Um, one of the big surprises is the Dallas Cowboys going into the 12th man in Seattle and pulling out a victory. One thing I got to say is I'm definitely surprised, definitely surprised about that. Uh, Tony Romo playing like Jerry Jones expected him to when he drafted him. It's never thought I'd see that. That is one thing I never thought I'd see. I promise you that. DeMarco Murray threw six weeks or five, uh, six or five weeks, uh, has more rushing yards than Eric Dickerson and I, and Adrian Peterson, both when they were on that road to breaking the records. When Eric Dickerson broke the record and when Adrian Peterson was nine yards away from breaking that record. So I want to think about, I just want y'all to think about that. DeMarco Murray, not just ahead of him, over 100 yards more. And uh, right now, I'm just going to uh, move on to another NFC East team, the Philadelphia Eagles, with a 27-0 to win over the New York Giants in Lincoln Financial Field. One thing you got to see that last night, I mean two nights ago, that you haven't seen in a while was LaShawn McCoy playing like he did last year. One thing, and he made sure that Darren Stroll stayed on that bench, and that's a good thing. When you need, when you have a great quarterback or a great running back like that, that's one thing that you need him to play the way that he did. Now, and but another thing, your Giants, Victor Cruz, they lost him. That's a big injury. But then again, when you think about it. The Giants weren't playing like they used to. But I want to go back to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, DeMarco Murray has got people thinking, could he be the MVP of this league? Now, of all people, I wouldn't have thought of DeMarco Murray being MVP. MVP. That's something I thought Peyton uh, Manning would do. You know, I thought... Uh, maybe Tom Brady could make a big run for MVP, you know. But the way he's playing, he's got me thinking. 
he could be a, the next MVP. You know, 700 rushing yards already. Uh, but one thing you got to remember, he is injury prone. And uh, he is one to get hurt. Let's see, he has some hamstring injuries. He's gotten a concussion before. Uh, so that's one thing that you need to remember. He is injury prone. But Tony Romo, another guy for the Dallas Cowboys playing, like, like I said, Jerry Jones expected him to. But to be honest, I personally don't think that's going to keep keep happening. I think there's going to be a, a point where he starts to slide. There's going to be a point where Tony Romo hits that wall because for the past three years, numbers never lie. Past three years, Tony Romo has not been playing like Tony Romo used to. You know, it's, well, he has been playing like Tony Romo usually. Yeah, but not these past five, six weeks. Uh, but I think he's going to hit a wall. He's going to hit a wall. It's coming, and it's coming soon, you know. Maybe not next week. Maybe not this week. But, you know, it's coming. And uh, one thing I want to talk about is uh, Seattle losing at their own at, at home. One thing they haven't done, one thing they really have, second loss at home in the last 19 games, is definitely something that probably surprised them, you know. Richard Sherman played the way he usually does, but their defense didn't play like Richard Sherman did. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Hey, 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 hey,
right, you hear that music, you know the show, you probably know this voice too, I apologize, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, I am him live, not in concert, but live in studio. I'm Ray Ellis. I'm your host. And uh, Chef Julian, uh, you know, did a good job of stepping in there for me for a couple minutes. I got to watch it. I don't care if it's traffic. I don't care if it's meetings. Uh, I don't care what it is. I, I I know the drill. You don't let somebody step in on your time. They might do a good job next thing you know. They don't need you anymore. So, uh, Chef Julian, you got a little bit going on in the background there. I don't know what that is, but we're going to get rid of your background noise, my background noise. And uh, I'm also just going to, you know, stop for a second and uh, still a lot of background noise there, uh, Chef Julian. I don't know. It could be, could be my breathing or somebody's breathing. But anyway, uh, there it is. It's, it's off. We don't hear it any longer. But uh, what matters to me? Wow. Okay, I, I, I got to be a homer on this one, okay? What matters to me is that a National Football League sh- team shout out another National Football League team. That's right. You heard me say that. An NFL team shut out another NFL team, and it matters to me. Why? Because it was the Philadelphia Eagles. And who? They shut out the New York Giants. And what was that score? I believe it was 27 nothing. Hmm. That number rings a bell to me. Back in my days at The Ohio State University, of course, it's my birthday, April 27th, in case you didn't know. So every now and then, I'm going to be a little selfish, and that is what matters to me. Chip Kelly got the boys playing ball, and uh, the Giants, you know, I, you know, I like Eli, so I'm, I'm hoping that he recovers against some other teams, but not the Philadelphia Eagles. But, Jeff Julian, I'm sure you didn't get a chance yet to start zeroing in on that one. Not quite yet. But, you know, I want to start right there. The Philadelphia Eagles shutting the Giants completely out. I mean, just shutting them down. Uh, you know, some people think, of course, that the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, running game had a, it was in a little jeopardy this year. It wasn't as productive as it has been. Shady McCoy put that to sleep. So uh, let's look at the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. Was it more of, as everybody has been talking about, was it more about what the Philadelphia Eagles did? Or what the Giants didn't do, as Antron Rose said, you know, the Giants took a day off. You know, you can't make excuses for that. No, I'm not going to accept that one. So let me ask you, was it that the Eagles did it all or the Giants didn't do anything? Which one was it, Julian? I think it was the, I think it was the Eagles because the offensive line, they came to play that day. They knew that they had a couple of starters injured. They came in, and they did what they had to do. If you see the plays where the Sherman Coy was getting 10 yards, 12 yards, it's because those linemen made a big enough hole that three running backs could uh, run, run through it at the same time. There were you know? huge holes, huge holes. Definitely. And, I, I, you know, I agree with you. Though. The offensive line definitely came to play. It goes back to the days of, of those giant days where, of course, you had Michael Strahan, uh, up against a kid from that school up north. I'm not even going to mention his name or that school up north. Uh, you know, they were just days where it was it was nasty. I can go back to my days of playing. You know, the Eagles and the Giants game, they're, they're nasty games. They're physical football games. A lot of running in in, in those games. You know, I, I remember back, you know, when I played the Giants, they're just, the Giants, too, have been known to try to establish a running game. Let me explain to you what a running game is about for those of you who don't understand this in the National Football League. The running game in the National Football League is like two boxers that decide they're going to get in a ring 
And I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to run from you. I'm not going to shuffle. I'm going to get right in the middle of the ring, and we're going to fight it out. It's going to be mano against mano. We're going to man up and let the best man win. That's what, that's what the running game is. It's, it's like when it's third and one. It's third and two in the National Football League now, Chef Julian. And for some reason or another, third and two in the National Football League is a passing down. It used to be in the National Football League that third and three or less, you bought in the short yardage team on defense, and on offense, you bought in that short yardage run offense because it was a running play. And now two yards or more on third down ain't no more mono on mono. It, it, it's a pass play. It, it's, just, it's just become that. So, But the Philadelphia Eagles decided on first and 10, what they were going to do is they were just going to go ahead and they were going to punch you in the mouth. I mean, it's, it's not that you didn't get soccer punched. They, they established early in the game that they were going to run the ball like you said, and they did it. If you're the Giants and, and, and you're playing against a team and you see they're trying to establish the run on you, you're out there playing. Somebody on that defensive side of the ball has to make a play. Nobody from the Giants stepped up to make a play. I'm sure you saw Antro Rowe after the game in, his, in, the, in the nice suit he had on. I like my man. I don't like the suit, but I'm going to say the nice suit he had on. And he said they didn't show up to work that day. I, I, I just can't accept that. that. It's more... The Giants have to say more than just that. What, what did you think? Did you think that the Eagles really did push them off the ball where there's some mental mistakes going on? I mean, could you even fathom that, that they would get beat up that bad? Well, I did not. I saw, I saw, I came in this thinking that the Eagles were going to win. You know, I had them winning 17 to 10. I thought at least that Eli Manning would score at least one TD. I mean, what they did against Washington and the way the Eagles played against Washington – I thought they would at least put up at least a, a good fight, but I did not expect a blowout. That is what one thing I did not expect, even from Eli Manning. You know, and Eli Manning. Uh, I mean, let, let's 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 get a, a let's take a really good look at Eli Manning, if you will, because you know sometimes we we push that button, and 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 we we accelerate too fast, and and we think that it's it's time to make some adjustments. The quarterback is not getting it done. You know, he's not an elite quarterback. He's inconsistent. But, but I will say this. I, I think on Eli's, in, in defense of Eli, I'm going to say it like this. In defense of Eli, I think the game plan for the Eagles, of which the Giants bought to that game, I don't think they were prepared in such a way. Listen, you've had success. I actually thought that early in the season when Eli finally got together, we're in week, uh, what are we, like week six, week seven, week six. I, I thought that Eli might have, after week three, I thought Eli might have put a call in to, to big brother Peyton. Because if you notice, Eli was getting the ball out of his hands later after, you know, about game three or four. And, and, that was uncharacteristic of Eli Manning. And, and that's why a lot of people say he was taking sacks because he wasn't getting rid of the ball. I thought he called Peyton and said, okay, big brother, you got to tell me something here. And I think Peyton just simply said, Eli, why are you holding on to the ball? You know, get back, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, it's, it's gone. It's gone. Do you not, Eli, do you not realize there's some men in front of you that are running 40 yards 
in 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 less than five seconds. You ain't you don't have five seconds. Thousand one, thousand two, thousand three, thousand four, thousand five. Those guys could have ran halfway down the football field by that time. You've got about two and a half seconds that you need to, at the most, and you need to get that ball out of your hands. I saw Eli holding on to the ball too long. I thought the game plan was wrong in terms of the passing attempt because they were looking to connect down the field as opposed to connecting and letting the guy catch it and run. So those those those, those yak yards, those you know yards after catch, they they weren't in place in this game plan. They were looking for some stuff downfield. Did did you notice that Eli was holding on to the ball too much yourself as you watched the game? Yeah, I did. I didn't notice that, and that is why he was sacked four times before the uh, first half was even over. He was sacked four times in the first half, and he was only sacked seven times in the first five games, which is crazy to me. And you know. The average clock that they give a quarterback to play in his head over and over is 2.3 seconds. That ball should be out in 2.3 seconds. If you look at most of Peyton Manning's throws during the game, he's got that ball out of there in 2.1, 1.9 seconds. And I'm agreeing with you. And now I'm going to ask you this. I mean, you can say what you want to say about brothers, sisters, mother, father, you know, whatever. But I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, if I'm a National Football League player and I'm the younger brother of what some people are saying could be the greatest quarterback to ever play in the National Football League, and that's Peyton Manning, you can't tell me that I can't call my brother and have a conversation with him about Peyton. I, you know, I've watched you my whole life. Just because we get to pros, I'm not going to start doing something that I've, that I've never not done in my previous years, and that is I've always looked up to you and I've call, always called on you for advice in this game of football. It's because I've watched you do so well that, that I've been able to do so well. So I'm asking you, Chef Julian, to put yourself in that position. If you're Eli Manning, you're getting beat up like you were in the first two games, maybe even that third game, and, and what happened to you here, you get shut out. That didn't happen since 1948, I think it was. Do you not make a phone call to your brother and just have a conversation as a consultant? Like, okay, well, come on, Payne, what, what do you do? How do you, how do you make that happen? How does it happen like that? Do you, if you're a coach, are you even as a coach, are you thinking, well, hell, man, why don't you call your brother? I mean, really, I mean, this is, this is a little joke, but I'm, but I'm very serious about this. Would you, if you were Eli Manning, and you were having some of the struggles you were having, and you had a week, a week like you just had, and your brother is Peyton Manning, would you be on the phone with Peyton? I would have been on the phone with him my rookie season. I would have been calling him constantly, taking notes. You know, if I was, if I was Eli Manning, if he was taking notes from Peyton Manning, I don't think he would be throwing the amount of interceptions he throws in a season or even in a game. And, I, I really don't think that. And I'm and I'm and I'm with you on that one. And that and that's why I'm you know I, if I'm if I'm the coach, man, I happen to know his head coach. If I if I'm the coach, you know, I'm wondering. Okay, I might even ask him. Are you are you you called Peyton last night? You you called Peyton last week? I, I mean, because obviously there's something that Peyton knows about this game of football that that some of the other coaches don't know. And I can just tell you this. I can just tell you this from my own experience is. That clock that you're talking about in somebody's head, the defensive backs also are aware of that clock. I mean, that's why 
you know, when you play defensive back in the National Football League, you know, you 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 kind of read a quarterback in and in, in terms of looking at his steps. You also look at his position, his shoulder position. At, you look at his you look at his head, but at the same time, what you do as a defensive back, unless it's man to man coverage, you scan the field. And based upon you and, and you get you get fractions of a second to scan the field. And I can actually tell you that I, I can scan, you know, 53 yards in probably a half a second, a fractions of a second. I can do that. I can tell you I also can, you know, can check out a quarterback's feet and his shoulders, fractions of a second. And, and I know based upon my preparation and film study and in reading my, my playbook what he's probably going to do. And, and so according to that, I, I do that. Now, the, now remember, the quarterback – just like I can read him, he can read me. It's like I know his tendencies. He, he knows my tendencies. But the fact of the matter is there is somebody on that football field that Eli could be getting that ball out to that he's not. Now, I don't, I don't like to blame the quarterback all the time for certain things I, because we all have a job and responsibility. But I'm going to tell you the offensive line, I'm going to blame them. Because some of the mistakes of which Eli made in terms of holding on to the ball, hell, sometimes it, the offensive line, he couldn't do anything but hold on to the ball. I mean, because you still got to go through a passing motion. You go through a passing motion, you know, a lot of times people don't understand this, but quarterbacks also have it in mind that they can go through a passing motion, and if they don't get that arm in the right position, a lot of things can happen to that arm. You know, whether it's a follow-through, a dislocated shoulder, break a thumb, you know, something can happen to it. So, I, you know, sometimes they say that the guys look at the rush. Do you think that Eli was more concerned about the rush? Because, like you said, he'd been sacked more times than he had in the previous, you know, games before combined. Do you think he was looking at the rush coming at him as opposed to reading things downfield? Oh, most definitely, you know, because if you're getting sacked that many times in the first half, one thing you want to look – the first thing you're going to look at is the pressure. You're not even going to look at the coverage – of the secondary and the middle linebackers, you're going to be looking at that front seven. You're not even going to be paying attention to the secondary because you're so you're so focused on not getting pressured. And I think that offensive line is is the reason why he was not able to focus on those coverage instead of the pressure. Well, I'll tell you what. What I'm going to do is I'm going to relieve you. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a break, guys. Um, I know we're a little bit, you know, off schedule here, but I'm going to take a break and then we're going to come back. If those folks in the back can hear me, let's take a break. Give me a little bit of music. I know we got it going on. And Chef Julie and I will come back after this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is I get a chance to be a homer today. And I've been talking about it for the first segment of the show, uh, the first half of the show, and that is that the Philadelphia Eagles zipped, zipped them up, those New York Giants. And, of course, Eli Manning, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, got two Super Bowl rings already. Uh, has not been really living up to his potential and playing up to his potential this this past so far this season. And I'm not going to blame Eli alone. Uh, of, of course, I, you know, let me just also say Victor Cruz, man, I, I'm sorry to see any time a player goes down with an injury like that. Uh, you know, and, and I could be I, that could be career threatening for him because he's just coming off another surgery. I think uh, uh, maybe the same leg or, or something, but. Anyway, um, hate to see that happen, but here's what we're going to do. Myself and Chef Julian, I'm going to let Chef, you know, of course, call him out. And, and we're going to go through the, the power ranking of the top 10 in the National Football League. I don't necessarily agree with them in, in order, uh, but, they, you know, the record kind of speaks for, you know, where they are at this particular time. Uh, but I think it needs to be scrambled a little bit. But I think we're going to start off at number 10. And number 10 is who, Chef Julian? Number 10 is New England. Now, now, number 10 is New England Patriots. Now, if just like Eli, if you recall, at the beginning of the season, there were some people that were calling for Tom Brady's job. Yeah, you know, it, you know, it was time for Tom Brady to go, or, you know, or Belichick to go. And it, the thing, the New England way just didn't exist anymore. The New England Patriots, are they worthy of being number 10? Are they the 10 best team in the National Football League at this time? And, you know, it's so funny because for the past three years, since Peyton Manning, since all this Peyton Manning was going to Denver, all these teams playing so good in the AFC, people have been saying, can the New England Patriots really contend with these other teams? And Tom Brady always makes you think, no. But then, next thing you know, later in the, later in the season, week 15, week 16, week 17, all you're talking about is New England Patriots might be a Super Bowl contending team and next thing you know, Tom Brady never disappoints his fans and ne- never disappoints New England. He always finds a way to bring them and put them in the title picture every single every single year. So I think they should be higher. Well, uh, okay, so so I think what I hear you saying is because when when Tom Brady is factored into the equation. There's a 50-50 chance, and probably greater than 50-50 chance, of the New England Patriots, you know, probably making the playoffs and even making a run at the Super Bowl. So are you saying that as long as Tom Brady is with the New England Patriots and he's healthy, you think they got a shot? Definitely. His past record against his own division is 
he probably you probably just might as well put six wins up on there. Even though they lost to Miami, I think he might just win the next five games against his division. The way he's playing and the way his team is playing, there's no there's no doubting. Now, I want to ask you this. You know, many people feel that Tom Brady plays with some subpar talent. After all, I mean, but the guys are in the National Football League. So, you know, how subpar can they possibly be? But, you know, how many receivers can you name? I guess Gronk, everybody's going to probably say him. But of the receiving core that Tom Brady has, the skill positions that Tom Brady has on his team, if you were a GM of the National Football League and you were putting together a team, how many of his receivers would you put? Would you pick on your team? I pick three. I pick Julian Edelman, Danny. Uh, I mean, Danny Amendola, and Rob Gronkowski. Now hold on, hold on, Chef Julian. I'm going to interrupt you there. You're telling me you're going to pick Danny? You've got you got Des Bryant out there. You've got Megatron out there. You've got Deshaun Jackson out there. You got, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and his old self out there, and you're going to tell me that you're a GM and you got a pick, and you're going to tell me you're going to pick who instead of those guys? Well, these guys, now I know you might think, now I know I got, I cornered myself in the. You sound like Skip Bayless. I I think they could do something. I think as long as you got, they have sure hands, you know, if you throw it to them, they're going to catch the ball, and they got speed. As long I think with a if a decent quarterback, you could throw quick screens to him. They can make they can do some damage. And Rob Gronkowski, uh, he's too fast for linebackers and he's too big for cornerbacks. He's basically unstoppable. Well, I'm going to let you live with that one, and I'm going to remind you of what you said. Oh, I, I just can't believe of all the receivers in the National Football League, you're going to take three of them that Tom Brady already has. Okay, let's move on. Number nine is. Number nine is Green Bay Packers. And number nine is Green Bay Packers, and they got a bad, bad man at quarterback. That man, of course, is the Aaron Rodgers. And, and I, I listen, Aaron did something that, uh, you know, he hasn't had to do in a long time, and that is, you know, in the fourth quarter at the very end of the game, he's winning the game on a touchdown pass. Now, you know, he, he did fumble. You know, he was saved by his teammate. But, you know, if I would have, should have, could have, this is not – we're not playing horseshoes where you get close and you get some points. We're playing football here. And, and things happen, but at the end, most times somebody wins and somebody loses. Of course, you ask Cam Newton, that might be a little different. But let's just say this. Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad, bad man. Do they deserve to be number nine in the National Football League? Are they higher or, or lower? Um, to be honest, I think they're lower. I mean, all you hear about is their uh, – Offense, and you really don't hear about their defense that much. Their defense, to me, I think it's pretty a, a little weaker than most of these defenses in the NFL. But then again, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, there's not much that you can't do. Uh, he had only Dan Marino has had more passing touchdowns in his first 100 games than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, 15 passing touchdowns this season with only one interception. Like you said, he is a bad man. He's a bad man. And I'm not going to argue with the fact that, you know, they are where they are because as long as they're in the top ten right now, uh, you know, obviously that means that they're a playoff contender and all you need is, you know, get an invitation to the dance and you go from there, you know. But I will say this. uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, I I think uh, Tom Brady, you know, I think, again, they're both different conferences, but, you know, those are the kind of names. They get big boy paychecks. 
And, you know, there's a, there's a Final Four in the National Football League, too. And uh, if, if you're not in that Final Four playing them conference championship games, I think those two men right there, those names would be a little disappointing. Uh, being that they're, you know, certainly you ain't going to name five quarterbacks in the National Football League. I doubt if you name three quarterbacks in the National Football League. Mm, you got Drew Brees in there. Somebody might bring that. You got Peyton Manning. So I'm going to say five. You're not going to mention, you're going to mention Peyton Manning. You're going to, it's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers, you know, and it's going to be Drew Brees. You know, so those names are going to come up. And so, you know, for those reasons, you know, maybe they should be higher. But, again, 10 gets you an invitation to the dance. Number eight is who? The number eight is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, you know, is he, is he lucky or is he good? Some people would rather be lucky than good. What is Andrew? Is, know, is Andrew lucky or is Andrew good? You know what? I, I, it's only his uh, second or third season, but I, I think Andrew Luck is elite. I think he is an elite quarterback. That is one thing that I am for sure about. And he's leading in all passing, in all passing uh, stats this season. And to be honest, there's nobody playing like him. I mean, he has the most, and he's leading in interceptions too. But then again, run that back. All right, that's what I was going to get to. Run that back because that sounds like a Brett Favre stat to me. Run that back. He's leading in what? He's leading in interceptions. Okay, so if that means he's leading in interceptions, doesn't that negate a, 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 an interception? Doesn't that negate a touchdown? I mean, I mean, it's equally important to the defense as it is to the offense. So turnovers, if, if you, that ratio of interceptions to touchdowns, now he's not equal on that at that level. But to be leading the league in interceptions, you know, I don't know if I would elite. He's very, very good. Elite, Eli won two Super Bowls, and he still couldn't be, you know, dubbed as elite, according to some people. How are you going to call Andrew Luck elite at this time? And he's leading the league in interceptions, and he hasn't won anything. I don't care if it's three games. He hasn't won anything yet. How are you going to call him elite? It's the way he plays, you know. The way he plays, people people have said this a lot, and I'm going to say it, but the way he plays is Peyton Manning-like. That's like... They said they drafted Andrew Luck because there's nothing, there's nothing else closer to getting Peyton Manning than Peyton Manning. And that's true. Drafting Andrew Luck is the closest thing they were going to get to Peyton Manning. And that is exactly what he look, he's looking like. I mean, he throws interceptions, but when he throws that many times in a game, you're going to throw interceptions. Um, I believe the Arizona Cardinals have been through three quarterbacks this year, and I don't think they've thrown an t- interception yet. Now, let's not go there. I'm, I'm getting myself ahead of where we're going. So let me just hold off on that one. But elite is the word of which we're going to use to describe Andrew Luck and not lucky. So we're going to move on from Andrew Luck. And the next one is Chef Julian. The San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah, there's another bad, bad man that's quarterbacking for the San Francisco 49ers. People don't want to give it to him. But, of course... San Francisco 49ers look good. Now, when, when you talk about the San Francisco 49ers, are we talking about a complete team or just a, a very good quarterback who can make things happen? Because Cap is making things happen. I, I think you can call them a complete team. You know, unlike Green Bay, they don't have questions of defense. You know, their defense has been at the top for the last three or four or five years. And I think 
uh, that the Niners could definitely have a run for the for uh, not only their division, but for the NFC title. But what about this? You know, and it may have gone away this week. There hasn't been much talk about it this week. But there was a little talk about the locker room and the coach losing the locker room and things of that nature. Did you see any of that on the football field against the Rams that make you think that maybe coach isn't in control? Or, or did you feel like this was a United football team who came out and executed and won a game? Uh, I think they executed. I think they came out executed their game. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, he has, I think it's, I think he has control of his, uh, his, his locker room. And the fact of the matter is, uh, he's the coach. And you know what? You, you are the coaching, you're, uh, head coaching this team. And I think he's the one that's in charge. It's not anybody else. You know, GMs might say that they're running the locker room, but, Jim Harbaugh is definitely running that Niners locker room. And, you know, and I'm going to say this, you know, I, I truly believe that it is us against them. When you're in a locker room, you know, the general manager, the owner, all those guys can come walking through a locker room. And I promise you, I want everybody to know this. When those people come in a locker room, that's what they're looked at. Those people. They're not us. They're not, they're not really one of us. We, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's hard for people to really embrace people that they know that could stick a knife in their back at any time that anytime they could walk in a locker room and they could end your lifestyle of of what you do for a living and how you maintain your life and and provide for your family these are people in just a stroke of a pen a push of a button and they could end your career you don't feel real good about those people you know, those people, you know, they're not always out there on the practice field watching every 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 move you make. They're not always out there, you know, uh, with you in the locker room in those meetings. They're not sitting out there. They don't really get a chance to, to understand you totally. Those coaches understand you totally. All the effort that they talk about you put forward in the weight room, the coaches see that. They see that in the film room. The coaches see you in the locker room. The coaches see you in the huddle. The coaches see you play. The coaches see all that, and they make decisions. And so when those other people that come in and make them, you know, the suits, when the suits come into the locker room, you don't feel real good about them. So I, I'm going to agree with you. You know, them, 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 them players, those players. They down with Coach Harbaugh, and they're going to move on. So that next one up after the San Francisco 49ers is number? Number six, and uh, you're going to like this. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to like that. And we're going to take a break in three minutes, but we're going to stay with that break time. But I don't know. I'm not sure I like that at number six. I'm going to tell you what. I've been watching the Arizona Cardinals. Now, remember now, they got, they got Carson Palmer back. But they've been playing without Carson Palmer. And they're and they're still where they are, and I think they got one loss on the record. This yeah. is this is a damn good football team. Now, one thing I'm going to say about this football team, and uh, shout out to my good friend Frank Minifield. Uh, boom, Frank Minifield, of course, one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the National Football League, has a son named Chase Minifield, who's number twenty for the Washington Redskins, and was in that lineup this weekend when the Redskins, of course, lost to the Arizona Cardinals. But what I notice about the Arizona Cardinals, particularly when I'm watching them play against the Washington Redskins, I, I, for some reason, I felt this about the Arizona Cardinals secondary, which I like. But for some reason, I saw Patrick Peterson kind of out of position as me and Frank were texting each other back and forth as we were watching this game. And I just, I'm going to say this now because I, I saw it happen to some players of my generation. 
But I think Patrick Peterson is going to find himself in a position where he's a free safety. And if he makes the move now, he's a Hall of Famer. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer at corner right now? I would say no. If you move Patrick Peterson to free safety now and you get you another lockdown corner, you got probably one of the best secondaries that, you know, you just got a secondary that's just unstoppable. Him and Camardi's okay now. But move him to free safety and put a corner in there. Oh, man. But I'm going to say I, li- I, like the, I like the Arizona Cardinals. I have always liked the Arizona Cardinals defense. I, I, I see where Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald is quietly moving along the lines that's moving him closer into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, it, it's almost like you get distracted because they make you think that Larry Fitzgerald is not a part of the game plan. But Larry Fitzgerald is still the leading receiver on the Arizona Cardinals football team. But they lure you to sleep and getting the ball and spreading the ball out to everybody else. And the next thing you know, here's Larry with a nice pass. Here's Larry with a nice catch. Here's Larry with a nice first down. Here's Larry with a touchdown. And next thing you know, the Arizona Cardinals are winning the football game. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I think it's going to be five through one. We're going to hit. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City is on with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm hollering at my homeboy back in the Hall of Fame city, Chef Julian, and he's telling me what's cooking and what's cooking right now is number five, and number five is who? The Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. Now, how do you go from Super Bowl champion where you demoralized the AFC contender and you find yourself that at this stage of the season, you're at number five. 
If you're at number five at this stage of the season and you're the Seattle Seahawks, are you happy or are you disappointed? To be honest, I think I think you're happy. I mean, if this this if this is your uh, rock bottom, this is where this is where all everybody is panicking. The all the twelfth man, the eleventh man, the tenth man, the ninth, all the way down to the first man, they're panicking right now. And if this is where you panic, that's that's just I think that's a good thing. If your rock bottom is three and two. Okay, but let's look at this now, you know, because uh, probably, I don't know, i got to be honest here, uh, I'm having a football moment, but I'm going to say in the history of the National Football League, uh, probably been maybe one, maybe two at the most, if any, that have repeated as Super Bowl champions back-to-back. So I'm going to say this, the fact that they're in the race to get an invitation to the dance, it should be all the are looking for at this stage, as long as they're still in the hunt and, and, and they're there. But, but at the same time, I think there's, there's some vulnerability there. You know, uh, you know they, they, they got beat up, man. When I, when I saw that game, you know, there were some things happening to the Seattle Seahawks that you don't see them get. I mean, they were, I think, you know, they got punished a little bit. You know, it's like the, it's like the bully getting beat up on. All of a sudden, you know, somebody's not afraid of you anymore. It's, it's almost like, Mike Tyson in the ring with Buster Douglas. Buster wasn't, you know, Mike hit him a couple times, but Buster wasn't afraid. And I think now there are some teams that they, they used to be scared of the Seattle Seahawks, but, but they're not afraid anymore. And I, I think when, when all of a sudden somebody gets some courage, that's where you got you to gotta, you gotta watch out a little bit. So I, I think there's a little chink in the armor of the Seattle Seahawks, and, and they're not that big, bad bully anymore. And I doubt, I, I, you know, the season will go on. I don't, see the, I don't see the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. I don't see that happening. But, we'll, but, but again, that's a long time away. But just based upon what I'm seeing this year, I'm going to say that. So let's move on to number four. And number four is? The Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, let me hear you, let me hear you say that again. Number four is the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, and number four is the Philadelphia Eagles. I like that. I just like the sound of that. The Philadelphia Eagles at number four. Okay, number four gets you at a seat at the dance, the final four. So I'm gonna say me. It's one of them days. I could be a homer. It's Ray Ellis Sports after all. I like this position that the Philadelphia Eagles have at this time. I like the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles made an imprint. They put their foot down. They stepped on the throat of the New York Giants. One of the most physical teams in the National Football League, game in, game out, is the New York Giants. And you zipped them out. And you stepped your foot on their neck and you kept going. So uh, the only thing about it, you got to buy this week and then you come out here to the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, I know Sproles got banged up a little bit. They're a little concerned about that. Although Chip Kelly says he's not, I'd be concerned about that because Shady gets, Shady gets, you know, Shady takes some hits every now and then. Earlier this year, he was on concussion watch. So you can't go into this game with the Arizona Cardinals who got a physical football team. You're going to take some hits and not have another running back someplace in the mix, you know, when you come out here. Because, again, this is the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, the Philadelphia Eagles right now, I feel good about that. Is there any aspect of their game that you're looking at and you feel as if uh, they need to 
attend to a certain aspect of their game. They're passing, they're running, they're off, they're de- they're the run defense, the pass defense, special teams, coaching. Where do you see a chink in the armor, if you will, that exists within the Philadelphia Eagles? If it does, the defense. I, I you just put up a goose egg of, of the New York Giants, and you're going to tell me we got a problem with our defense. And I'm a homer. I'm going to go at you on that one. Now, how do you say that when you just put a zip on the board against the New York Giants? Well, to be honest, a zip on the New York Giants is like putting a zip on the Jaguars because the New York Giants are not playing like they usually do. The New York Giants isn't playing like Tom Coughlin's Super Bowl winning New York Giants. They're playing like the team they had before they won the Super Bowl. You know, uh, putting a zip on the New York Giants, that, that's, that's big, but that, that's not saying much. I, I think that the, the, the defense, they're giving up too many yards. Uh, they're letting people score too much. And, yeah, the defense is uh, a problem. Okay, I'll tell you what, I want to have this same conversation with you after they play the Arizona Cardinals because the Arizona Cardinals do have some weapons, and we'll find out if there's a chink in the arm in the defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. Time is running down a little bit, so let's get to number three. And number three is? The Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you kidding me? Okay, le- okay, let's look at it, though. You got the best rushing game in the National Football League. But you got Tony Romo at quarterback. He's a damn good quarterback, but you got to play 60 minutes of a game. Yeah, okay, he, he delivered, you know, this week. But really, the Dallas Cowboys, the third best team in the National Football League now, is that really what you believe? You may. What about you, Chef? You gonna join in? You gonna get on that bandwagon? I think they're gonna slide. That's why they're gonna hit a brick wall, and that that they're gonna fall. They're gonna. This is gonna be the Great Depression of the Dallas Cowboys. It is coming soon. Strap yourselves in. Well, I, you know, and the thing about it is, see, you know, I like my man Stephen A. Smith, and, and Stephen just says, "Listen, man, they're a good football team." Of course, he's a New York Giants fan, and you know, covered the Eagles for many years, and on the Big Boy Show, and but he says it. It's going to happen. They're setting you up. They're just, that's all they're doing. They're just setting you up. But, I, but I, I really think, you know, to be quite honest, you know, you look at the NFC East, of course, the Giants, because Victor Cruz is going now, so they're, 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 they're not going to contend. Uh, the Washington Redskins, uh, you know, hey, you, you just never know. I, I think they made a couple mistakes against the Arizona Cardinals, but anytime you got Deshaun Jackson, you got a quarterback that can get the ball to him, and you got a decent running game, you just, you know, just play some defense. You know, you could be in the game. Um, so the Washington Redskins, but 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 that conference, it, it's going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles. And it, it may come down to, you know, the last time they play each other. Uh, but the Cowboys and the Eagles, are, one of those two will come out of that. Okay, so let's, so let's move on to number two. San Diego Chargers. Man, that's crazy. San Diego Chargers, they look too pretty in their uniforms. Everybody knows that I don't believe the San Diego Chargers could ever win anything. They like the pretty boys. It ain't no choir boy. You can't win with all choir boys, but you certainly can't win with all pretty boys. You just can't do that. You need some black and blue dudes. You know, somebody's just going to rough you up that you want to get into a fight in the dark alley with them on your team. You know, Antonio Gates, that's probably the only person. And, of course, you know, Phillip Rivers, we're going to take him. But, But really, man... They got a couple guys on defense, yes, but really, at the beginning of the year, what, what's the odds in Vegas? I should take that money in Vegas to bet against them because they're not going to go to a Super Bowl and win it. Whatever it is, I might have to play Vegas instead of Vegas paying me if I bet on the San Diego Chargers not going to the Super Bowl because Vegas is going to say they're not going to go and they're certainly not going to win. And you, Chef Julian, you believe what about the San Diego Chargers? I think they're legit. 
They're legit. So you telling me they're coming out of the AFC to represent, okay, maybe their division, but not the conference champion, you don't believe, that we could one day see the San Diego Chargers, meaning sometime in February here in Phoenix, Arizona? Is that what you're going to tell me at this time? Nah. Okay. No, no, no. I think, a, I think they may be able to have a big game against Denver, you know, for the AFC division uh, title, the AFC division uh, round or the – AFC conference round, but I don't think they're going to get past Denver. Well, there you go. And the number one team in the National Football League, according to Chef Julian today, is? The Denver the Denver Broncos. And I, now, I, listen, I will say this. I probably wouldn't dispute that. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to believe in giving credit where credit is due. And, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to give it up to them. You know, they, they look good. They, they look healthy. Uh, Peyton certainly is lighting things up across the board. Uh, there's no reason to go a, any other direction than to go that direction at this time. At this time. And, and Peyton's one of those guys where you could say even at the end he'll still be there. You know, he only has one Super Bowl championship. Uh, he's been there twice. I think it's twice. Yeah, he's been there twice for sure. Uh, but right now it looks like, you know, and I, I believe this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on a limb. If Peyton wins the Super Bowl, Peyton retires. He doesn't need to stay and wait around for anything else. He's got all the records. He doesn't want to put his health in jeopardy. You know, get that suit. If he gets it, if he gets there, I think he wins. He wins. I think he retires. Chef Julian, I appreciate it, man. I know one day I'm going to have to talk to you. We're going to have to spend a whole show talking about the greatest high school in America, probably the world, the Cam McKinley Bulldogs. I understand that, uh, that uh, we got things going turned around back there. And that uh, Coach McDaniels, Josh's dad, has, has got him on the right track. So hopefully uh, we'll got some, have some good things to talk about here coming up with the Cam McKinley Bulldogs. Of course, the Ohio State University, the Cleveland Browns. Really? Did I not talk about the fact that we, that's right, I said again, I'm a double homer, Brown Eagle. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> really, man? It's a joke. We did it. Chef Julian, I know I didn't give you time to talk about that, and you really wanted to talk about it, so next time I owe you one, so make sure they win again. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City, and we'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.